Welcome to the Wildly Tarot Podcast. Hi, Esther. Hi, Holly. Oh, my goodness. Has our lack of planning really caught up with us the last two weeks, huh? It, I mean, um, we are surviving 2020 as best as we can, and that's how I'm going to exactly. look at it. Exactly. <laughs> if we were smart podcasters, we would have understood that the election was going to be a very stressful week, and we would have recorded previously. Previously. I know. However... We're big old dum-dums who were like, I'm sure that it'll be fine. We'll know the results very soon, right? Either way, yeah, exactly, we can like, exactly. cope and adapt and do a podcast episode. Nope. Nope. Definitely not. So no. needless to say, uh, we didn't have an episode last week and we appreciate your patience with us. Yes, definitely. <laughs> we are both like very, very excited about the results of the election. And we're super excited to hold some people to be more progressive than they ever thought that they would be able to. When they Accountability 2021. Yay! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but for the meantime, there was definitely some champagne drinking and celebrating and excitement on yes. our parts for um, the election results. And yeah. we made a post in the Facebook group and I guess it should be said here too. I mean, I think that we're pretty obviously liberals, right? Yeah. I feel, I feel <laughs> okay. like if you listen to our podcast, you kind of know who we are as individuals and where our beliefs stand and they lie. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we're not going to even kowtow to Trump supporters. So if you are one and listen to us, I'm really shocked, but yeah. We don't want to hear from you about it. Yeah. We'll just say that. Well, yeah. <laughs> because like with anything, like with a bad review, with emails to tell, you know, telling us where our place is as women, we don't really care. So <laughs> per usual with Trump supporters, we really don't care. So. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> in the future, maybe we'll think about recording a week in advance. I mean, we know, like we have so many friends who have podcasts. Right. Most of them are smart enough to record several days, if not several weeks, weeks in advance. Weeks in advance, but- yeah. For some reason, we've never really been able to do that. Like, I think that we yeah. get too much in our heads about being so, like not like Esther. We will we're recording this right now on Thursday morning and Esther yes. will edit it and release it by the like midnight U.S. time on Thursday. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's how we've know, always done our, that. Yeah. Yeah. Since the very beginning. So recording ahead never really is something that we've well, done. And, we, and we're kind of always kind of current event-ish anyway. Like a lot of our questions are current events. Like Yeah, current maybe event that's stuff. part of it too. So it's kind of hard to do a podcast where we answer questions weeks in advance because About sometimes we don't lives. even have yeah. questions weeks in advance either. So we try to stay well, relevant. I guess. Exactly. I do think that that's a good point though, because people are asking us about their lives. And if we wait or if we record like two weeks beforehand, how are people supposed to feel you know right like empowered by it exactly but anyway so we're sorry for our absence last week but no regrets we've got to have boundaries somewhere and apparently recording on the wednesday morning after the election was where our boundaries sat <laughs> yes <laughs> it was like uh esther i don't know if we can record tomorrow <laughs> i was like holly we can barely write this week let her alone record so let's just hold oh my off. god fine. seriously last week was just basically a wash yeah I got nothing done both at my actual job or for anything related to our book or our podcast <laughs> Uh, so I'm glad that it's over and I really do. I mean, I got like most of a chapter written this week, so I do feel like we're back in the saddle and energized. Exactly. And excited. So excited.
excited. And also we have fun special Patreon announcements, which we'll do between our questions today. Yay. Um, but I'll pick a card for our episode today. And I am using Antique Anatomy because of course I am. And we got the Seven of Cups. Oh, interesting. We're we're gonna need to like actually work on being a little bit more focused. Decisive. I think that we're gonna be really, really <laughs> tempted to be all over the place this episode. But no, no, we're staying on task. Maybe maybe it was it like together. reading us for our Patreon episode that we just recorded that we were so yeah. so random in that episode. It was so fun and so random and so all over the place. So yeah, I bet that that's what it's referring to. Also, <laughs> the fun in that episode. So yes. Okay, so our first question of the episode is from Kate, and she asks, Hello, after your Halloween episode, I'm hoping to get your opinion and guidance around ancestor and or goddess work. I lump these together because I feel called to work with something larger than me or unseen or something. I'm not close to my biological family to have any ancestor connections to work with, nor is there a specific European or other culture that I'm specifically genetically connected to, and as someone who lives in the USA, I worry about the cultural appropriation of deities. I'd love for you to ask the cards where, how to start. Perhaps even clarify if this is a good path for me to start down now or soon. Because you both are very respectful of cultures and also don't believe in gatekeepers, I'm hoping for your sage and balanced advice. Thank you so much and take care. Kate, that means a lot. We try. We're not perfect at all, but we try. Yes, we do try. So I think that one like way to frame it before we ask questions of the cards is... That there are open practice deities. Yes. Um, And one of the things that has been really interesting in like kind of researching historical texts is this idea of like common historical uh, and like cultural things. Like in the uh, 1800s, it was like fully Egypt, like Egyptomania was happening. People just sort of treated Egypt like it was sort of like a universal common ancestor. Mm-hmm. And I've seen some discourse more recently that that's like probably a little bit of an oversimplification. And that's much more of like an initiate sort of culture, like the ancient Egyptian, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, I do think that it is that Greek gods are sort of mm-hmm. like universal ancestor gods. It's sort of like the Western canon. Right. Um, I feel comfortable in saying that because I'm Greek partially. <laughs> So maybe if I weren't, I'd be like less comfortable with saying that. But there are certain like traditions within traditional Hellenistic practices that probably do require a little bit more of like uh, initiation, understanding. There's like this whole genre of the mystery religions that we Mm -hmm. don't have that much information about. All of those are sort of more like initiate rites. But the point is, and this is how I've always kind of worked with deities, is that a lot of the idea of working with deities comes from like wanting to put a name to a uh, figure. Almost. Yeah. There's a lot of overlapping traits that deities from different cultures share. Mm -hmm. And so with something like Greek, like the Greek pantheon being an open pantheon, sort of Mm -hmm. like a universal collective ancestry pantheon it is safe to name your whatever energy you're feeling whatever energy you're working with with 
those Greek god names. Right. Is that yeah. how you kind of feel about it too? That's how I feel about like for me it's definitely like more like universal energies that are available in the universe and they have different yeah. manifestations in different cultures. Like yeah. so I just think of like the Morrigan in the Celtic culture is similar to like Hecate in the Greek culture, but they manifest yeah. a little bit differently and they yeah. have a little bit different traits, but they're similar enough to where you could kind of like identify a similar energy. Well, and it was, it's good that you mentioned kind of a Celtic goddess, because I do think that that's also sort of a uh, open pantheon mm-hmm. um, where there's like, like, I mean, this obviously there's nuance here. So I don't want to say like, you can do whatever you want with Celtic gods and goddesses or Greek right. gods and goddesses, but the point is, those are the ones that are, like, the most, like, kind of unproblematic for you to be working with as somebody who doesn't have a strong sense of, like, genetic, historical, geographical background. Mm-hmm. Those ones are pretty open. For right. me, even though I have the both of those lines within my own genetic background, I still don't work with a deity. Mm-hmm. I still don't see it that way for me. So I think right. that there's like a route you can take to work with generalized ideas of deities mm-hmm. without having it be that specific. And another thing that I think is worth mentioning is that the idea, some of like, obviously Wicca was founded by trash garbage monsters, but yes. there are a lot of tenants that I think can be relatable specifically about the sort of like, like more general God and goddess like mm-hmm. the more general duality of God and goddess, the more general idea of like the maiden mother and crone, you can utilize those motifs and archetypes without naming them within mm-hmm. that framework. Right. So that could also be a way to go about it. Right. Like rather than trying to really narrow it down and say, Aphrodite is my patron deity saying, you know, the maiden is my patron deity because right now I'm, you know, devoting my energy towards my own growth. And so the right. maiden typifies that and the maiden is going to be my focus right. or whatever. Or, There's yeah. like a lot of different ways to framework it without having to put a literal name on it. Yeah. Exactly. Like, like even if it was like Aphrodite and you weren't quite sure if it was specifically Aphrodite, but you're drawn to that, those qualities, you can always say, you know, a goddess of self-love or like this energy of love, like is what I'm dedicating myself to. You don't have to have a specific name or specific, like, like I am a follower of Hermes or something, you know, something like you don't have to like name that. It's just sometimes you're just drawn to specific energies for specific times. And that's, that's totally fine to work with that. So. Yeah, totally. And then the ancestor thing is also where I think we talked about this in June, but the idea of ancestor work does not have to mean a literal ancestor. Right. Because that can also be really problematic. A lot of us have literal ancestors who were not good people who are Mm -hmm. worthy of us worshiping them or whatever. Right. So if you dig into ancestor work a little bit more, it's more about sort of like, Again, universal ancestry, like the idea of those who came before us more generally rather than specifically, you know, my great grandfather, Mm -hmm. Hal. Like it's not about Hal. It's about 
ancestry more generally. And sometimes if you're in a specific, like, let's say if you're like an artist, you can choose like you're an ancestor who came before you just like David Bowie. Like David Bowie is, can be an artistic ancestor of yours musically, like someone who inspires you. Your ancestor does not specifically have to be related to you by blood. They can also be related to you from someone who creatively inspires you or who you look up to as an individual. So that you could also, if you're just kind of drawn to that energy work and you know your family's problematic, a first step for ancestor work that doesn't involve these awful people can be a person you choose to include in your ancestry. Yeah. Yeah. And then just sort of like working through it after that by kind of digging into the shadow side of your literal ancestors can help deepen that. But right. I think that like the key is that some people really truly get the most out of their spirituality if they have really specific figures that they're working with. But if you're unsure, or unclear, it doesn't make your spirituality less valid or real mm-hmm. if you're more generalized. Like yeah. I consider myself somebody who spends a lot of time working with my sort of like universal energy. And the whole idea of guides is always something that I've not felt super comfortable with. And uh-huh. Esther does a lot more work with her ancestors or the idea of ancestors specifically right. or individual deities as they come up for her in certain situations. And we both have valid practices. They're just really different from one another. Right, right. And so I think that like getting too sucked into the idea of having to have the answers to even start mm-hmm. takes away from the learning process of the journey of getting to the point where you feel most comfortable right. with like what you're doing. Because I think even when we started this podcast, I was even more of like an agnostic sort of pagan, yeah, I guess. You know, totally. and from and it hasn't been until probably the past few months that I've felt even comfortable adding like these deity energies into my practice because I felt like, okay, so these are signs and like affirmations and things that I'm getting from from what's kind of going on for me. And so that's, you know, it kind of can take a while for you to feel comfortable accepting that too. And well, and I think a lot of it comes, so I've been like seeing a lot of this lately, maybe specifically on TikTok, but whatever, that's (laughs) embarrassing. I, there's this kind of idea that like, even though we weren't raised or even if you were not raised Christian, which both of us were, I mean, at at different, differing levels, but because the culture has so many sort of like toxic Christian, like mentalities sort of ingrained into it, like things like I need to be taught how to do this the right way that Mm -hmm. comes from sort of like a Christian perspective of like the learning process is not valid. It's only valid once somebody tells you how to do it. Um, And I think that it's really easy to let those things get into our brains because it's kind of how we're raised with almost any thought process is somebody Mm -hmm. will tell me if I'm doing this right. Right. And then I'll know. Right. And I think with, with spirituality and like non-traditional spirituality, it's like part of the process is learning and figuring it out. Mm -hmm. And that's an important part of the process because not everyone will. I mean, if somebody came up to me and said like, okay, you're a pagan. So here's Zeus and you worship Zeus. It would be like, how is this any different? I would be like, fuck off. He's an asshole. Like, (laughs) yeah, well, exactly. It's like, if you tell somebody who they need to worship, then you're just doing exactly what evangelical Christians would do. Like, it's Jesus. You have to worship him. Like, just because it's a different name doesn't make it less 
problematic when somebody tells you this is the right. way, the truth and the light. And then you're like, okay, well, that could be either through paganism or through Christianity or through some other organized religion. Right. You're just like, basically trading Is that what in. works for me? Yeah. yeah. You're, 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 you're trading, trading in one for Because that's what I, a conversation I had. I, I'm not, I don't remember if you were in this conversation where it's basically like, like atheists on Reddit. I was very turned off. Yeah. By them we because were it's basically like, yeah. they're basically like atheists with evangelical. Like they're trying to convince everybody other else to be like to be atheists. Atheist. And I'm like, yeah. no, that's not how it works. We can't, you can't yeah. like evangelize atheism. Like just let people do their own thing. And so that I had, well, it just so. turns in, it turns out that evangelism, not like the Christian type, but just in general mm-hmm. is like, yeah a huge toxic part of American culture. Like Americans do it about America, evangelizing American ideals. Like it's so persistent that it's no wonder that people always feel like they need to convince other people of their own paths basically. But I think that that's, what's beautiful about like sort of starting the journey on tarot. And if you want to go into the paganism stuff is like letting yourself try things Mm -hmm. and learn things and make decisions and not, have to say like, oh, I found a leader who can tell me what to think and how to do it. Right. But I'm going to try feeling this out, seeing how I feel about it and then right. making decisions from there. And, and you can really try. Beautiful. Yeah. And you can try like working with the energy and then realizing this is not kind of working out for me, you know, and it's not going to offend. Like for me, I don't see these energies as malefic. Maleficent. Is that what I'm malefic? Is that the right word? Did I say it correctly? Maleficent. Maleficent. Now Malefic. I'm lost. <laughs> Maleficent that, is a character named Malefic. Is a character name. Is it Malefic? Yeah, that's another thing that I've only seen written down. Yeah, somebody's yelling. Anyway, at us what the actual <laughs> word is? Yeah. Anyway, they're not like mean. Malignant? Like, no, malignant is not right. Malignant's the opposite of what we're right. saying. Yeah. Basically, they're not going to be like evil and like strike you down or like curse yeah, you yeah, if you yeah. don't continue to work with them. Because again, that comes from an understanding of hell and yes. evil in a very traditional Christian yes. way. Like. Yeah. And yes, I do think that it's it's a good idea if you are working with specific deities to treat them with respect and stuff like that. Yeah. And don't go into areas like, you know, voodoo or Santeria where there is like a level of initiation and like it being a closed practice. Like don't try those things as your first steps. But like, for example, for me, the only deity that I work with regularly is Hestia. It's a Greek goddess of the hearth. I light a candle for her in my kitchen when I'm cleaning. If I'm remembering to stay like (laughs) active with that participation last week. I've been doing it every single time I clean my kitchen and every single night when I go to sleep, I put out the candle. I feel like more like I've honored my space more Mm -hmm. and it means something to me. So try something like that. Try lighting a candle. I had an ancestor altar up for Samhain that I left up for a week after and had candles lit on it every day. Pictures of my, you know, beloved dead and Nathan's beloved dead Nathan is not into this stuff at all. And when I was like, I think I'm going to put the altar back upstairs. He's like, oh, you can leave it. Like he really liked that sort of like honoring the beloved dead thing. So, and he's like not religious at all. Like he isn't into that. So I just think that like trying those things, seeing if lighting a candle for a specific purpose helps Mm -hmm. you or not, that would be a really good place to start. Yeah. And like, what was it? Mrs. B's guide to household witchery. She has like tons of like gods and goddesses of the household listed in there. And they're just like, yeah, Balbo. I was like, I was like, you're not working with Balbo anymore. Okay, fine. I mean, I am, but less, less (laughs) frequently. Cause I think Balbo came up more for me when I was having people over a lot because she's so like festive and joyful. So it's kind of like the fun hostess (laughs) hostess thing. 
Um, which hasn't been happening because yeah. we're in a pandemic. But anyway, so for card readings for Kate, I was thinking that one good thing that we could do would be to pull some cards for like what to look for almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then because I know that there's like some search functionality where you could say like, you know, goddess, God or goddess of who the does X, Y, Z. Yeah, the sun and yeah. swords or something. <laughs> Your snakes are active. Oh, tonight. she. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, Is that she's, the same snake? That 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 is boardroom. She's our like big big girl. She just had a oh, good yeah, poop, yeah, yeah. so she's she's like, yes, I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> My parents' old dog Otis, who passed away last year, used uh-huh. to do the same thing when he'd have a good poop. He'd like he was so old, but he'd poop and then he'd frolic. He, he was, was like, so yes, <laughs> My body feels good for once. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so we're going to pull cards for the energy of potentially like what she should work with like yeah exactly like what energy you could work exactly. with kind of yeah trying to come up with a description exactly okay okay what did you get i got the ace of swords and the three of cups okay and i got the empress so definitely a goddess i would assume yeah i think and probably the page of swords so another sword. page of swords okay so that makes me think of Maybe looking into like some goddess who is like young and smart. Yeah. Why? Because with the three of cups, I think of the maiden mother crone. Yeah. I feel like it's a maideny sort of goddess. So maybe yeah. look at maidenny sorts of goddesses. So maiden goddesses would be like, like Persephone. Like Persephone. Yeah. Artemis, Artemis. too. If a little bit more like violent fun. yeah well yeah i was thinking fun and a lesbian but okay <laughs> <laughs> or ace someone say that, that, that she's ace so yeah so yeah but i think that looking for a goddess who's like on the sort of like younger more fun side would yeah. be the way to go the and artemis Empress- had well and artemis also has the like the group of women that she would go hunting with and protect so that kind of has yeah. a three of cups feel yeah, too. that's true. Like a party, like a hunting party. Hunting party, yeah. Hmm. I like it. Yeah, I, like I think it. that probably, Kate, what I would do is I would just sort of like Google god- like goddesses of youth and fun, basically. Yeah. And then read about them until you find one that feels like it aligns more closely with what you're going for. Yeah. Um, and I think that focusing on like Celtic and Greek gods and goddesses is probably your safest bet. Or... Again, like we've spent a long time talking about, you could also just say, this is the energy I'm going for. I'm just going to go for maiden energy. And yeah, that's sort of what you're exactly. devoting yourself to. You can use like flowers or whatever to symbolize that or yeah. get a literal statue of like a, like a maiden a having maiden. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, good luck, Kate. It's an exciting adventure to figure yes. this stuff out. I, th- I think so. Yeah, totally. All right. So we're going to do our announcements in the middle because we are not doing a deck review today. Uh, as I was putting together <laughs> the outline, I saw that the deck we are going to review today is no longer available for purchase. <laughs> so we're, like, no! we're going to postpone that. Yeah, exactly. And Esther has a box of like 12 decks that have been sitting in my house for the last three months getting sent to her. So hopefully we'll have more options by next week. But this week, we're just going to answer two questions. So we're going to move our announcements to right now. Yay! (laughs) Really, our primary announcement was that, that we're not reviewing a deck this week. And also that right before we recorded this, we recorded a new podcast within a podcast, our new series for Patreon, 
in which Esther and I, for the first time, watch the original Charmed series and Yay. recap and review it. Uh, so it was a ride. It was so much fun. We just have only seen the first episode. It's going to be really hard to not like spoil ourselves and I know. watch Ugh. ahead. Um, but we watched the first episode. We reviewed it and that will be on Patreon. And so if you're interested in that sort of thing, you can support us there. Um, and we really appreciate all of your Patreon support. We know that this is like kind of a time that it's hard to devote money to something as superfluous as supporting your favorite podcast. So we really appreciate it. Yes. And we wanted to do something a little bit more special and consistent for those Patreon supporters by having more of a plan. Exactly. A plan. Yes. <laughs> Professionalism with a plan 2021. <laughs> <laughs> or something. Or or maybe not. <laughs> yeah. And the I guess the other announcement, which we've mentioned before, but I think it's worth repeating. All of our uh, major arcana mini, um, what were we calling them? Tara Wildly episodes. Oh, yes are available on Patreon for free. Anyone can access them. They're just all combined there because it's a little bit easier of a search function than all of our podcast yes. apps. So if you want to listen to us talk about all of the major arcana cards uh, and kind of go through our experiences with them, definitions, etc., you can find those on patreon.com slash wildly tarot podcast for free. It's just open for everybody. Yes. Yes. <laughs> They're not all quite there yet. Cause I don't like to spam our patrons. Cause I can't turn off like the notification function. Oh for yeah. The it has to notify everybody. I'm like, I'm so sorry ahead of time, but I have to post these here. I can't turn it <laughs> off. So please don't be mad at me. So I've been trying to like do it sparingly, but um, that they'll be there under a tag for Tara Wildly. Tara Wildly. Yeah. Them, so yeah. And now we're going to shout out our most recent Patreon supporters. So Yay. first up is Katie. And Katie, your card is... The Seven of Swords. Thank you so much for your support, Katie. And Nancy, your card is The Fool. In movie tarot, The Fool is Forrest Gump. And I love oh my it. God, it's I like love him it. running. It's so cute. Aww. <laughs> And Hannah, last but not least, your card is... Ah, what's happening? The King of Wands. Ooh. That's some get get shit done energy for you. Yeah, seriously. Awesome. And I think that that's our only announcement. I think those announcements, yeah. Awesome. Nope. I just want to announce that I love you. So yeah. that's what we got. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Uh, our second question is from Bento Buff, and Bento Buff says, Hello, ladies. I used to read tarot in high school and fell out of it in university. I've since graduated, but it's been about 12 years now, and I'm getting back into tarot. It's been loads of fun, and I've even been doing free readings on, on the tarot Amino. Do you know what that is? Yes, Amino is like a community kind of, it's not like a blog, but it's like a community resource where people can like... It's kind of like a wiki almost, like where you can kind huh. of like can chat with the other people like in these groups, but also like have resources for witchy stuff or something. Oh, awesome. Like I yeah. should probably know that. Uh, on the Tarot Amino and on Instagram and have had happy clients in air quotes, even with more negative readings. So I'm asking about a reading because I'm wondering if I should consider making paid readings a side hustle. And if so, when is a good time frame? I'm the queen of getting into hobbies and then flopping terribly as I try to earn money from them. Most recently handmade lace, but it's still relaxing and fun. So I still make lace. So I'm a bit reluctant to jump in feet first. Also, if there's any tips or recommendations you have for setting up shop, I'd love to hear them. I'm still working through the back episode, so I'm not sure if you've already covered it. Um, uh, okay. So shops. 
Um, we have talked kind before of that- before with other people specifically for their situation though, not like in general or generally. I don't think really generally. Yeah, not so much. I mean, maybe about us specifically. Like I used to have an Etsy shop and I closed it down because it was just like way too much work. Right. It's also really hard to figure out how much you should be charging people. Yes. Because it is so much energy for you to be doing readings for other people. And if you're charging like five to $20, it's to me not worth worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I think we've talked about our own personal experience with, like, charging for readings, like, not undercharging things because, like, you deserve to be paid well for what you do, but also, like, platforms and not, like, overcharging. So, like, the most stressful part is the money part, always. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and and I, I think that that's why people, like, sort of start shops and then drop them is that it mm-hmm. it's people – it's few and far between where people can, like, make – decent money from it right and a lot of the times like i still do occasional paid readings but it's like not common because i right. just it was taking a lot of the fun out of it for me yes yes um yeah because so i did that pay, be- like the only time i did really any paid readings was last like i came up with a it was New this spread. february it was yeah yeah and it was oh i was thinking of the fundraising you did for the australia australia yeah that yeah. was this year Esther. that was this that was year. 2020 oh that was <laughs> oh so yeah when it comes to like paid readings like i did like a whole new year thing and even that was like stressful because like for me i felt like this responsibility to these people because it's not, you know, when, when they're giving your, their trust to you to deliver something, yeah, it's just so much pressure. Like, okay, I've got to make sure this is done, you know, well, and everything looks great. And so for me, it was like a perfectionist nightmare that I realized I should never do again. So, yeah, I think that that's part of it too, is that when you're doing distance readings, it's like, we both had PDFs that we would like put together and that part took forever. If we were yeah. just recording it, it might've been a little bit less stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, but when people would ask for pdfs which i get i'd want one too it would just like take so much more work so i do think that it is i mean i think that it's good that you're thinking about this stuff bento buff because it is stressful to try to like incorporate money making into something that you personally are enjoying so much because it can really then feel like much more of a drag than right a, a joy um but let's pull cards for bento buff and starting a tarot reading biz yeah and i would also say like you could even just start out doing like just offering in the amino groups like one or two card readings like just quick peppy things for people so you're not having to spend like a lot of time like a 20 dollar reading for something it gets you in the habit of still reading for other people but also getting something back for your work as well so like you could you could always offer something short and quick that they could like venmo you money or like paypal you money really quick that's inexpensive for them and it's like for introductory stuff for them it'd be really like affordable and fun for them and for you it gives you that like satisfaction of you know kind of making some side money without like the big pressure of like stress having to make a living from it too although i want to see the handmade lace because that sounds sounds amazing (laughs) that sounds so cool what a hobby. I love it. Yeah. All right. So bento buff, let's do, maybe we should just pull for like energy of starting a tarot biz and then strategies for moving yeah. forward. Yeah. Yeah. Like right now, cause like they kind of asked for a timeline, but. Oh, that's true. Maybe like, let's just do see what general the energy, energy now and do of the like time starting it. Thing. And then, yeah, we can, if it doesn't look good right now, then when sort of situation. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Oh, no. I pulled the death card, uh, but also the page of coins. <laughs> okay. Just a second. I pulled the five of swords and the ten of wands, so that was a negative for me. <laughs> yeah. I think that it's kind of, like, not really the best time to be starting anything new. I think the combination of the cards you got and the death and page mm -hmm. of coins is, like... Maybe right now is too exhausting to right. try to start something right now. Yeah. Right new. Right, right now. New. <laughs> yeah, well, I, th something I think the page right of, now. I think the page of cords is like that planting. Like you have this opportunity. Like yeah. buried it in the ground right now. Let it kind of fet, like manifest in the ground right now. Were you going to say fester? Because yes, that's I what I was thinking too. But also I realized as I was thinking. I was like fester, fester is not the right word. <laughs> That is like so negative. Why is that it word is. so negative? Because I guess well, wounds. Fester. Yeah, we think of festering wounds, but like, um, what marinate in the ground? There we go. That's a better word. Okay. <laughs> so you know, let this idea like marinate in the ground and revisit yeah. it at a later time. Because it's not saying it's a bad idea. It's just saying that right now is not the time. Right for now that is idea. not the time. Exactly. Because it's saying plant. Like it's saying like the page of coins is plant it. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, that's true. That's you true. know, that's a plant good point. it, but it's not the time for it to be like a flower yet. It's still that seed. Yeah. So then let's talk about timeframes. Maybe we should say, like, what could you work on in the next three months? Yeah. And then kind of do that. I, I like that strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so in three months, what to kind of work on? <laughs> what did you get? My card said, you wait for the world to chill the fuck out. Really? Because <laughs> I got the world and the Knight of Swords. Because the Knight of Swords is, like, slicing energy. Yeah. It's not a good Knight of Swords depiction, sort of, so. Yeah. And I got the Chariot and the Eight of Swords, so I think that that kind of is the same thing. Like, yeah. there's just not that much control in how fast and hard you can go, and so trying to do it now is, or trying to do it within the three, three months, months is kind yeah. of, like, gonna just be tricky. Right, right. Because there's just not that much control that you have over anything, so that'll just breed frustration. Right. So let's pull cards about like not necessarily when or if she should or not, but like what indicators to look for to start, I guess. Oh, there you go. That's a good idea. How you'll know when it's time to do it. Yeah. cards did you get i got the nine of coins and the lovers okay i got the wheel of fortune and the knight of cups which is wesley from the princess bride so as you Aww. wish oh as you wish i love anyway. that movie so much <laughs> okay so what, sorry what did you get again the wheel of fortune that? and the knight of cups so i think the knight oh. of cups goes along with your lover's card pretty well yeah because when kind of like those times are calmer those times are more open to the like the decision making almost like it's a more it's a better time for that decision process to yeah kind of and also kind of like when there's like more when you have more control to exert like the nine of of pentacles is sort of like this culmination of a lot of hard work mm -hmm. and so that paired with the wheel of fortune makes me feel like it's kind of like 
once you're back in the driver's seat. Almost. Right. Yeah. I like that. And with the levers also like that decision-making process that can go into the levers. It's like, once you have a little bit more control over how things are going, it'll be easier to um, yeah. start something new like that. Yeah. And when the world's not feeling as pointy as a Knight of Swords and more love. Yeah, as a get of to cups. the Knight of Cups energy. That's much softer and easier. Yeah, much softer. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah. I think that's our show. Kind of yeah. weird to not be doing a deck, deck review, but say la vie. Yep. Things happen. That's our show. Don't forget to send us your questions. You can find all of our contact information at wildlytarot.com, including our form with which to submit. Questions. Yes. Questions. <laughs> I was like, submit That's what? <laughs> submit anything. Submit I mean, your book report. Submit all kinds of things there. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Also tell your friends about us and rate and review us. It helps us grow somehow on some sort of algorithm somewhere I mean, this matters real. what the hell i don't, I don't understand know. somehow podcasts from six years ago that have not uploaded an episode in three years are ranked above us somehow people are still finding them but thank you for your reviews because they help us <laughs> exactly <laughs> Keep you us can relevant. also follow us on instagram at wildly tarot podcast podcast or join our Facebook community by searching for the Wildly Tarot Podcast on Facebook. And also, we have a Discord community if you're not into Facebook or other places. It's Or, like, Instagram. There, I was like, what other places are we at? We're only on Instagram and Facebook. Way to go, us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> so find us it. there if you, if you uh, feel inclined to do so. Yeah. And remember, go forth and tarot wildly this week. We love you so much. We love you. <laughs> okay.